Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Subwave Network podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Jadoon number 507, back character in the third row in that one scene. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us. Um, and this week we return to Modern Who, uh, but right at the beginning of Project Restart, the first companion of the new series, Rose Tyler, companion to the ninth and 10th Doctor. Yes, listeners, it's time to talk about Rose. And to do this, we are once again joined by friend of the podcast, Sumner Lewis. Welcome back, Sumner. What's up? The script told me to say that. <laughs> no, you can't feel the behind the scenes of it all. It's meant to be like Willy Wonka. Damn it. Thank you, Sumner, for joining our discussion of Hello. one of the most influential companions of the new series. You can't, you know, doubt that. Um, our discussion... It's going to begin with a focus on Rosie's second story, The End of the World. But before we dive into that, Sumner, why don't you kick us off with what does Rose Tyler mean to you? Okay, well, I mainly love Rose because she introduced us into the world of Who along with Ninth Doctor. And I will do anything for Nine because he is just a fantabulous Time Lord. Not human being, Time Lord, because he got that two hearts. But... She really just represents humanity and new who and everything. And there's such a character arc. And then I was looking back and I, I saw that we learned so much about Rose, but at the same time, we don't know anything about Rose because they formed her into this really great character where any of us can imagine being Rose and going with the doctor on these incredible trips and having the same moral questions that she has. I would like to so argue that statement. <laughs> I cannot see myself as Rose Tyler, but uh, Yasmin Khan, yes. You know, not everyone, so you can change that to most people. Many. Thank you. She just has universal, humani- humanistic like moral qualms about things well she you, looks you, over you, at the earth and it's just like holy insert word here because it's a family podcast you would expect you. humanistic characteristics from a human you know it's totally whoa it's totally not as if rose is not a human or, or is she a human you know wow and i think we've set a record for how quickly we've gone off track in an episode <laughs> Yeah, but she has more compassion than a whole bunch of the other companions. Like that's her main, that's her main um, companiony thing. Donna's punching the air right now. The Don- I love you, Donna. You sassy, wonderful human. Oh, so you can make the jokes when I do it. It's suddenly, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, because I knew you'd react like that. Um, all right, so let's dive in with uh, the episode at hand. Sorry, I was just I was just giving you your moment there. Um, I will carry on. Um, okay. I I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of this episode i'm a big fan of like the majority of of series one anyway what type of I fan think the are you a dyson or ceiling fan <sighs> because i really love the relationship between um chris and billy um throughout uh, i think it's 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 brilliant um 
the way that we Should see the fantastic. Doctor and Rose. Um, I'm saving my fantastic for later on. You already said it. <laughs> I know. Well, now I did, but yeah. Um, but like for this episode, I just I love it because like straight from the cold open, we get the you know like the back and forth between the two, like hundred years forwards, no, a thousand years, no, all the way to the end of. Welcome to the end of the world. Well, credits right. Thanks for listening and join the podcast. Make sure you give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Subwave Network Podcast or on Instagram at Subwave Network. <sighs> I don't remember the whole thing. That's why Close enough. does it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. Um, Lou, what are your kind of initial thoughts when you think of this episode? <laughs> Or, oh, nice vocals. Um, or, or I give you air from my lungs. Yeah, really. We do not condone air from our lungs during uh, the time of a global pandemic. Please do not give anyone air from your lungs. Unless... Oh, man, you're right. <laughs> unless you breathed into a bag before COVID was a thing and the air bag has just been sat in the refrigerated spot and has been quarantined and then you can give it to somebody. Yeah, it's pre-canned air. Do you know, like I'm really hair. surprised that no one said moisturise me. Hey, I was going to. Okay, Su- Sumner... Why don't you talk to us about this episode? Moisturize me. Except that's not the same way that she says it. Moisturize me, moisturize me, moisturize me. Cassandra is just incredible. I love Cassandra. I also hate her, but I love Cassandra for just being such a terrible human, almost not human being. Lasagna. But why is she the last human? Seriously, ouch, humanity. I mean, technically, 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 Rose is now the last human as well. As as they said in the episode, Cassandra considered herself the last, like, pure human. There are other humans out there. They just, you know, crossbred with, insert alien race here. Um, You know, she just went through... Yep, listeners, pick your own alien race in your head and imagine what that would look the like. The Pating. The Pating oh. mixed with the Jajun. Jating. Getting back on track. <laughs> um, the like the the whole the this this uh, story brings us many things, you know, as it's only the second story of of the new series. Um, it it really starts to give us an idea of of Rose's character, of how she will deal with non Earth central stories. Um, also, it introduces the psychic paper. Very important, but I'd argue that this is a little bit of an Earth centric story because it's the end of planet Earth. Yes, but not. But uh, I mean, in terms of that, it's not set itself on Earth. It's in the far future. It's on a spaceship. It almost uh, like the the whole story is called the end of the world. But to some extent, it almost doesn't matter that it's our Earth down there. It could be any planet almost. 
but it's Rose's planet. It's the planet of the humans. It's oh, Earth. Or it's is her it? first moral crisis. Yes, it is. Or is it? Yes, it is. Or is it? Yes, it is. Okay. I will now um, break the fourth wall and be self-referential with you all and tell us uh, and tell you all that we are now going to return to talking about the episode at hand. Um, and I do, we already mentioned the uh, air from our lungs, air from my lungs even. Um, the gift giving scene as like it's a brilliant way to introduce all of the characters at play and you know aside from rose and cassandra every other character is an alien this is the first of three appearances of the face of bow in that incarnation um we also meet uh jabe and the uh forest of cheem that i it's brilliant every scene we get between the doctor and jabe especially when they're um running through the same corridor about four times later on um the the dialogue back and forth between them you get proper emotion from the doctor when she's talking to him about gallifrey even you know it's not named as gallifrey yet but if you know you know um when and you get you know, you get the first of the realizations which come here between the Doctor and Jabe, and then at the very end of the story, the Doctor tells Rose, "Like, I'm the last of my race. My planet's all gone." Or is it? You know, we get we get some brilliant um, aliens in this story. Yes, we see the face of Bo. We get. I love the design of um, the the mocks of Balhoon. <laughs> And also, definitely do not give anyone the gift of bodily saliva um, in 2020, <laughs> as he did. Um, and, of course, my favourite uh, monster in this story, the uh, the adherence of the repeated meme, um, which is Twitter, I think, now? Is that... Am I, am I, am I in the right ballpark here? Yeah. No? Okay, just me. I feel like I, I might, I'm back to monologuing. Listeners, you've got another monologue from Scott. <laughs> I didn't even realize that they were, like, meme. I didn't know that memes existed in 2005. Yeah, no, I didn't either, to be fair. Or whatever year it was I first saw this story, I don't think I knew a terrible amount about um, memes. Um, but, you know, so much happened. But, hey, look, this is this is a Rose episode. So let's focus in on Rose in this story. One of the scenes which I found out um, is actually a scene that was added. So when they when they feel when they started filming uh, series one, a lot of the episodes at the beginning were running really short, so they had to write new scenes to pad them in. So a fun fact for you listeners that you may or may not know, but one of my favourite scenes, the scene between Rose and Raffalo, who's the plumber, um, was a scene that was added later on to pad for time, and it's one of my favourite scenes. It's like so atypical Doctor Who companion. It's the companion just talking to the everyday person. And the way that, you know, like you get the, you have to give me permission to speak, miss, and just immediately like you have permission and they have a nice chat and, it, you know, Rose gets a bit of local knowledge. And it's just like, it's one of my favorite scenes from the episode for, for Rose especially. Yeah, that scene is really important for her characterization. 
it shows everything that Rose represents and stands for. Exactly. And then, you know, on, on the other edge, you get the, uh, the moment where she's sitting um, in the room and talking to the plant and just does the, um, my name's Rose. Maybe we're related. I'm talking to a twig. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's way on the other end. Um, and then, of course, her conversation with Cassandra is very memorable for calling her um, a certain type of trampoline. I would love to try and see someone bounce on Cassandra. <laughs> I mean, hey, she gets ripped to shreds. All right. Should we talk about the uh, the jukebox? Or, uh, yes. as, as it is called in the story, this is called an iPod. It plays classical music from humanity's past. Cue tainted love. Yeah, but a jukebox isn't an iPod. I feel there's a very, very, very important distinction to make there because I still have my iPod Nano fifth generation. That's almost 12 years old now, I think. Not sponsored. But, but if Apple wants to sponsor us, uh, feel free. <laughs> it is my pride and joy, and it still works, and it makes me happy. So jukeboxes are different. Thank you very much. And then, of course, later on, we get our traditional earth ballad toxic isn't a ballad (laughs) is that your main problem that it's not a ballad yes i'm a music major it's not a ballad (laughs) there's a few references that are made during series one that just feel so 2005 Mm. and one of them is like using britney spears music which is timeless. Britney Spears always and forever. Sure. I'll give you it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No, the Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, that would have been more... Um... That would have, but then American audiences wouldn't have been able to connect with it as much. Like, the Spice Girls are great, but only Wannabe really came out of I'm being hate-crimed on this podcast right now. I'm All right, just so... telling facts. <laughs> that... There's 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 one last scene that I want to um, bring up from the end of the world that I love, and it, I've already referred to it before. It's the end scene. The they go back home or back to Rosie's time. Step out of the TARDIS. The brilliant filming and directing of it. So like you just see the hustle and bustle of all the people. You hear the noises. You hear the baby crying. You know the doctor reveals more about himself and and then and then rose is just like can you smell chips i want chips just it's simple i love it before we move on to the rest of rose's era um lou i want to start with you what's your favorite moment in the end of the world and look, the you know, a lot of people in you know the wider Doctor Who fandom think of when they think of Rose, they think of Rose and the Tenth Doctor. But I I know not everyone has you know the the keen sense to remember the brilliance that was Series One, um, which is you know it, it for me it's almost two conversations between like Rose and the Ninth Doctor and Rose and the Tenth Doctor. 
yes, she's such a different Rose with each doctor. And Rose in nine over Rose in ten any day. Yeah, because she, she saw she saw pretty boy and was like, Ooh, don't mind if I do and then and then became a brat towards the end of the series and was like and especially in the end of the world where she was not at the end of the world, um <laughs> Journey's end. Bad. The Duke Fox the Duke the Fox. F on my lungs. Yeah. And Sumner? Moisturize me. I'm sure someone will. <laughs> Gotta get rid of that ashiness. Okay, let's swiftly move on from that uh, as we move on to the rest of Rose's era. Obviously, she is there throughout the entirety of series one and two. Um, and then makes cameos in series four, um, in the end of time, part two, and goes on, as I will bring up later, um, to appear in a couple of Big Finish stories as well. Um, yeah, she has a bratty moment with the Metacrisis when she was like, but this yeah. is not you. Shut it. Lou, what's your go-to in series one for some Rose action? Dalek. It's such a good story. Go on, tell tell me tell me what you love about it. I mean, what isn't there to love? We 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 see the whole Adam. Okay, F Adam. <laughs> Family <laughs> podcast. I didn't swear. For, for um, I th- should should we use the uh, the good place uh, version? Frickity frack. Fork, fork Adam. Frickity frack Adam. Is that what you said? That earlier? sounds familiar to me saying fork Adam. Anyway. Um I mean, you know, there's the underground bunker in Utah with alien artifacts and that yeah. random Cyberman head handles. at the very beginning. Definitely could be handles. And then we got to see the inside of a Dalek again in the new series. I mean, Rose is pivotal to that story because she's the one that touches it, which gives it power back. And then, you know, she she shows the Dalek compassion. She she stands in between the Doctor and the Dalek at the very end yeah, of the and story. The Dalek, and Dalek levitate. Dalek, Dalek, Dalek whoosh. And goes kaboom. Yes. It is, you know, it's, it's such a brilliant story and Rose is so pivotal. Like I love that. I also, I mean, obviously the the finale and the way that she, you know, plays into the bad wolf of it all. Can I make a fun fact? Yeah, of course you can. In two thousand and six, it was nominated for a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, um, as well as a few other episodes. But I do not want yeah, to I name. Be- two I believe episodes. that was. Yeah, I believe that was the first year in what was like a quite a few years in a row um, of of like at least one Doctor Who episode getting nominated for a Hugo, which mm-hmm. went on for quite a few years. Which is really cool, isn't it? Just um, now, I do want to bring up now, listeners, don't laugh when I bring up this story. I want to bring up Aliens of London World War Three. <laughs> yes, I know. Laugh at the farting monsters. Okay, laugh at the Slidine. 
But I rewatched this recently in preparation for the podcast. The relationship, especially between Rose and Harriet Jones, LP for Flydale North. You know, Harriet Jones seems like a very important character. Come on, come on, that was asking for you to go, yes, I know who she is. <laughs> but the relationship between Rose and Harriet in that story is so interesting for me. Like, again, it's a real companion getting the local knowledge. Um, and they just work so well. And we see them work well with each other again in The Christmas Invasion. Well, Mm -hmm. speaking of great partners and working well with each other, that's Rose and Nine. They are just great partners, whereas Rose and Ten are just friends. They work well, Uh, but not as great as Rose and Nine do. Just friends? (laughs) I say, yeah. Rewatch the beginning of Tooth and Claw and tell me if they are just friends. No! (laughs) I changed that story for you forever, Lou, when I told you about that. Um, Yes, they're trying to do a romantic subplot, but the romantic subplot works way better with Rose and Nine than it does with Rose and Ten. However, that gets completely subverted the week after we get Tooth and Claw, because the week after Tooth and Claw, we get School Reunion. Yes! One of my absolute like it's right up there is one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who um, because it introdu- it reintroduces Sarah Jane Smith and K9. Wow, you know, and... we should really do an episode on Sarah Jane. Nah, I'd rather We're do just people with K-9. two names. Well, what? What? <laughs> um, but I love the relationship between Rose and Sarah in School Reunion when they have their like, um, bantering back and forth and they're like trying to one-up each other with the like the um daleks zygons um real living werewolves the loch ness monster really um and it's just the the relationships that rose has with characters like you know it's it's the thing that every companion has but there's just something really nice about like this was the first time that we had a companion in new who um, this was like, you know, the show was still fresh and new and RTD was doing like such amazing things with it. Um, and it does, you know, get a bit distracted for that element when you have Rose and Ten, um, although for some people that made the show for them. So, you know, like there was there is there's something for everyone there. And then the way that it culminates at the end of series two Something which I was looking back thinking on it, I find really interesting to see like Rose's arc. Because before I like actually started properly thinking about Rose when I was prepping for this, I was like, yeah, Rose in like series one and series two is fine. But then I see such a difference when she comes back in series four and seems so much more confident. But she shows that confidence in the finale of, of series two. The way that she talks to the Daleks... And he's like, I met the emperor and I poured the time vortex into his head and I, you know, and he disappeared. And you look at that and you look at the way that she talks to the Sycorax like a year before. And it's so different, but the parallels are there so much. She's been an incredibly strong character throughout her two seasons and 
her extra guest spots. She's just, she's a strong person. And I forget what I was doing with my point. I did have one when I started speaking. All right. Well, whilst, whilst you are still speaking, Sumner, what's, what would you say your go-to is in series two for a bit of Rose? <sighs> series two for Rose, surprisingly, is the idiot's lantern. Oh, yes. I just love the shot where her and Ted, she and Ted, are on the moped in 50s garb and just driving through London. It's a great shot. It's a very fun, bantery dynamic between the two of them. But that is where I mainly get my Rose and Ken are just, like, good pals thing. They have a different dynamic than Rose and Nine do. Rose and Ten bounce fun things off of each other, but they're both, like, twirly have fun. Whereas Rose and Nine really truly have each other's backs, and you can just imagine them standing back to back and killing bad guys and not even having to speak to each other to communicate, just inherently knowing. (laughs) That's brilliant. Lou, what is your go-to series two? No kidding. Um, oh, thank goodness. Of course I am. No, I have I have three. Go on. Newer. Solid. Return of Cassandra. Green and uh I'm the doctor and I snogged Madame upon the door. The girl in the fireplace. We, we have a full discussion of uh, The Girl in the Fireplace in an earlier episode, which I cannot remember right now, but I will tell you in a minute if I do remember. Who was on that guest episode? I don't was know. It episode, episode 12 of the Subwave Network podcast for a full discussion of Girl in the Fireplace, uh, the title of said episode, I'm the Doctor, and I just snogged Madame de Pompadour. Who was the guest? Um, I think it says Summer here. Oh! I changed it. I don't think it's anyone that we know. Um, no, probably not. I changed it. <laughs> anyway. Right. I'm tired. Um, as we mentioned, um, Rose then appears uh, in cameo form in series four. I love the moment at the end of Partners in Crime where we see that it's Rose, that oh, obviously Donna has no clue. Um, and then, you know, you see her on screens and flashes of her throughout the series, and you know, culminating, first of all, in Turn Left, where where she's such an important role with absolutely no one knowing who she is throughout that entire story. Um, and then the lovely moments in... Stolen Earth Journey's End, when I I can like see it now, the moment when uh, Martha realizes who Rose is, oh and is like God. you you found each other, <sighs> and you know Kay. like okay okay and I like like shall I mention Poor the cameo and in, uh, in the end of Time Part Two as well? Sure, uh, you know. Uh, like it's a it's a brilliant moment. He goes back and sees Rose before uh, she's ever met him, 
And, you know, the 2005, I tell you what, I bet you're going to have a really great year. And so she did. And so she, well, I don't know if great is the word, but she had a year. 2020 much? (laughs) Um, And I will just very briefly mention, she does appear in a couple of Big Finish uh, stories. She is in The Tenth Doctor Adventures Volume 2. Um, which I listened to way back when they came out and they are really cool. And it's David Tennant and Billy Piper back together again. I very highly recommend it. Um, And she also has her own series, Rose Tyler Dimension Canon, um, which is set um, as Rose is like going through the parallel universes, trying to make her way back to Earth. I have not listened to those stories, but when I finally catch up on my backlog of big finish listening, I will make it round to them and I am sure they are going to be wonderful as all Big Finish stories are. Not a plug, but Big Finish, if you do want to sponsor us, um, please, uh, you know, drop us an email, send us a message. You know where to find us. So before we move on to some final thoughts, I want to talk about the uh, legacy of uh, Rose. And I do that at my peril because it means that I have to mention Martha Jones. Um, So Rose's legacy... Um, you know, it is seen throughout the entirety of the Tenth Doctor's era, first of all, because it is the whole subtext of Martha's year, um, and and it again is no is not far from the scenes it, for Donna either in her uh, series. Who? Uh, thank you. Um, and you know, then obviously Billy Piper being so iconic in the role led to her being cast as, uh, you know, Bad Wolf in the, f- uh, the the form of Bad Wolf as the moment in Day of the Doctor, the 50th anniversary special, which we spoke about a few weeks ago, listeners. Um, and if you want to hear about that, you should go and check out episode 25 of the Subwave Network podcast. Also, um, I'm not going to force you. Just a recommendation. Yeah. No, no, no. You should. No, no forcing here, but you should. Thank you, Summer. Um, <laughs> so... Again, I ask this at my peril. Um, Lou, what would you say is the current legacy of Rose Tyler? Um, Bill, Bill was serving chips in the cafeteria. That's, that's the legacy. Bill served chips. Rose likes chips. Yeah. Somna, what would you say is the legacy of Rose Tyler? I don't want to cause World War Three, so I'm not going to... Fair. I'd say, yeah, Rose has her ups and her downs, but the legacy of Rose Tyler is that other companions that come after her can be better and awesome and very independent. Brilliant. All right. so It's called progress. <laughs> so we will now move into some final thoughts. So Samna, why don't you start us off? What are your final thoughts on the companion Rose Tyler? Rosa Nine forever. I love when she came back as Bad Wolf in The Day of the Doctor. And have I mentioned Rosa Nine forever? Wear that Union flag on your shirt, y'all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lou, what are your final thoughts on this episode? I don't want to talk about the episode. However, I really want to bring up something that I know nobody really cares about. But um, at the moment, Rose is the main feature companion in the Doctor Who Titan comic series crossover with 
10 and some 13. So if you're interested in a really interesting comic, I recommend it really highly. Um, at the moment, it's the Sea Devils um, have took over Earth. And um, yeah, it's in an alternative universe. Jackie and Jackie's in it. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, you know, first companion of new who does make her so important and just the fact that for better or worse she was constantly in the mind of the doctor and the showrunners for the entire first four years and the gap year specials um you know makes her so important when you think of new who um and i'm gonna end on a sad note um, I'm going to end on the note of um, if, if you, listeners, if you ever want a good cry, just Google the scene at the end of Doomsday on Dalek, Ulfstranden, Bad Wolf Bay, and just go and watch Rose as she tells the doctor that she loves him. And he simply responds, Rose Tyler. So, yep, that's where I'm ending it. Next week, we discuss... Oh, it's my absolute favourite companion, if you don't already know. Um, So spoilers on my opinions for this episode. We are talking about the one, the only, Miss Sarah Jane Smith. Um, And I'm going to save all my other thoughts until next week. Before we go, Sumner, thank you for joining us. Is there anything you would like to plug into the wall before you leave? <laughs> Probably my lamp because it's dark outside <laughs> right now. Um, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, I post fun things, definitely. It's at singing girl, S-I-N-G-G-I-N-G-R-R-L. It's a fun time. Also, I'm busy crying because Rose Tyler. <laughs> okay thank you um, Sumner thank you listeners for joining us until next week this is the Subwave Network signing off goodbye 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 thanks for listening enjoying the podcast consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell your friends about us and want to find out more well you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash subwave network follow us on Twitter at subwave underscore podcast or on Instagram at Subwave Network. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel featuring interviews and other cool vids. Does he still stroke bits of the TARDIS? Yeah, yeah, he does. I'm like, do you do want to be alone? What? What? Stop it.